Wednesday. How are you, Deweese? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. Um, we came back from the nice, beautiful weather in uh, Georgia, and it got cold again. It was oh, no. <laughs> 90s up here, hot and humid tornado watches while we were down there in the beautiful 80s uh, weather, and now it's back down to the 60s. Oh, <laughs> well, it's 80s and 90s here. Oh, Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, anything new with you? Any more flying? No, not yet. No? no. Okay. I'll see you there. I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things from being at Bad Apples. So yep. hey, tonight we have a skydiver on and um, she seems pretty cool. She is actually on the road now and I messaged her earlier and said, hey, we're on. If you want to join in, she pulled off the side of the road in some salt flats. And let's introduce you to Kelly O'Keefe. Hey, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me on tonight, you guys. Thank you for joining. So where the heck are you? <laughs> so I'm between Nevada and Salt Lake City. Um, as you can see behind me, there's a nice train as well as some salt flats. I'm currently sitting on some tires and I got my laptop set up on two tires. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> this is what happens when you double book yourself. <laughs> so we got a bunch of people in there here. I want to quickly do a shout out and say, hey, Montana, thanks for joining us. Glad you're still hanging on and uh, hopefully you're down in Florida and 
get to your destination. Keep us updated on any of your flying adventures also. So also, Bill H. and Kelby and Will Fly and Scuba, thank you for joining. Chris Quinn, Nick Griffith, Tony, Angela, DP, and um, we've got everybody so far. Dan, Daniel Rausch. Yeah, she's out in the, the wind, so sorry about that. Right, We're used to that from last week's show. I can always go in my truck if it gets bad, but it was pretty chill until we hopped on and then it picked yeah. up. <laughs> right. Great. Oh, and Kristen. Kristen Miller, she's in here. Hi, Kristen. So, Dweez, you got any questions you want to start off with, Kelly? Um, yeah, um, so you are from Nevada, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Where did you do your training? So I didn't start skydiving until I went to college, um, and I was a college athlete as well. I played basketball and um, volleyball, so it was really hard for me to make time for skydiving in the beginning between those schedules of that, but I ended up two and a half, three hour drive, depending on traffic to Sacramento. And I started instead of Sacramento, it's a small 182 drop zone. Um, I had Jay, I can't even say his last name, but it's like Schwartz or something. He was amazing. He taught me uh, most things. And then from there, I was one of those AFF students that hopped all over the place. I think I went from about nine jumps and went over to uh, Georgia as well as Florida. And I worked with to turn your electronics maybe just quickly so it's maybe out of the wind because we're getting a lot of wind you're good um let me just go in the truck okay maybe that'll kind of chill it out actually that's but, better now of course it is <laughs> roll your tires over there <laughs> I, know, my tire. <laughs> I feel bad I just wanted to be outside because I've been in the truck all day, but I want that yeah. good audio. Yeah, and it just started doing it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad in the show. No. But that's okay. It all happens. You can have my camo blanket. <laughs> Is that better? Yes. So far. Little bit, we can still hear. Is it wind blowing in there? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so Daniel Rausch has got a question. Um, does Kelly fly PPG um, or plan to in the future? Why what? Fly a paramotor, do you? I do not, but I would love to get into it. Um, I basically have solely dedicated myself to skydiving the last six years. I had a goal of becoming a tandem instructor and video flyer. And I also do photography. So I wanted to be a photographer within skydiving. So I've very much only focused on that, but I'm so interested in all other sky sports. Okay. So Bill H is asking, do you know anything about paramotoring? 
Um, I've experienced it. I've been with people and some expeditions of them, um, but I wouldn't say that I like know everything about it or anything like that. I'm definitely not versed in it. I wouldn't feel comfortable if someone was like, here's all the gear and go. <laughs> I couldn't do something like that. Um, but yeah. Okay. Like they say, a motor will allow you to go back up instead of just coming back down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm versed in going down, not coming up. <laughs> all, right. Um, all right. So how many, let's start out with this. How many flights or jumps, I should say, are you at? Uh, last week I did 800. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited so for I bet. So does that give you any new level or anything like that? How does that work? No? no any ratings or anything like that? Funny enough, everything stops at 500. Once oh, really? you hit 500, you're able to basically do most things within the skydiving community. Um, wingsuiting, for example, happens at 200. Tandem ratings happens at 500. Um, being an instructor to teach other people can either happen at 500 or 360 with your coach for a year. So once you kind of break that 500 point, you're smooth sailing. Okay. All right. So where were the places that you have um, worked? Worked. I have worked in Georgia, Florida, a little bit in South Africa and Australia, as well as um, kind of in California and a little bit in Texas and Georgia. Yeah. Sorry. I was like going through where I was in each day. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those were all for, pair, for um, skydiving? Correct. Yeah. Wow. So the South Africa one and Australia, how long were you at those locations? So I spent six months in both location. Um, Australia was split by three months. And um, I just kind of did some skydiving out there. I was also traveling with some friends and it was a good time. Nice. What's, uh, okay, I won't hog them all. Deweese, your turn. <laughs> I was just going to ask if she has any family members that skydive. I do not have any family members, um, but I do consider a lot of my friends through the community, basically family. So my well, husband's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say Eric is your husband. Um, he's got a question. Uh, where did she grow up and how did she get to where she is now? So I grew up in northern Nevada. Uh, I graduated with 16 people, so very small community. Um, like I said, I went to college. I played basketball. I played volleyball. And then I started skydiving. I did it for the first time between high school and college that summer. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, I enjoyed it. The people were nice. They're funny. They had humor like me. And a lot of people don't get my dry wit and like that kind of stuff and messing with people. And that's through and through the skydiving community. Um, and so I realized, though, through college and finishing there that I could also be a photographer within the sport. And that's what I was already and still am today. And that kind of drew me to it. Um, and then I ended up moving to Georgia. I started skydiving there as well as working there. 
and eventually ended up in Wisconsin and did some work there as well as cheese heads, as well as coming back home. Then the Australia, South Africa. I went back home to Nevada, went back to Wisconsin, and then finally during COVID. Um, I lost my job out there, which I was skydiving as well as working in a kind of restaurant, but also doing like social media management. Like I was doing a lot of things, but through COVID, I kind of couldn't skydive out there anymore because California was way more strict as well as Nevada doesn't have a major drop zone that's built for what I do. And um, I moved to Florida and I found the love of my life and got stuck in Florida for the last two years. And now this year I'm spending the um, summer on the road. Nice. And you're on your way to pick him up now, right? Yeah, I, he's flying into Salt Lake City. We're parked with our camper about three hours away. This is the closest airport. Um, he works in the commercial shipping industry. Uh, he brings food and water and supplies to the oil rigs. So I get to be away from him um, for two weeks at, or three weeks at a time. And then he's home for three weeks at a time. Nice. So that'll be nice being able to get back with him for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So our young man, uh, Tim Entz, um, Mr. Montana says, go work at skydive whitefish, Montana, and he'll come jump with you. Um, I will literally be in Montana next week. So let's go jump. <laughs> there you go, Tim. <laughs> like He's literally. He's got no fear, that's for sure. Okay. Sweet. Sounds like it'll be a fun jump. He's a self-taught um, paramotor pilot and did pretty darn darn well. And he tried out a bunch of uh, motors and wings of a bunch of our friends. And I think he had more flying in in two or three days than I think most people probably ever have. <laughs> so, I don't know how many flights he got in down there. Tim, how many, do you know how many you, you uh, had? Can you put that in the comments? If he was even keeping track, I don't know. I don't know if he did or not. So, all right, question. Kristen. Yeah, I mean, Kristen. Yep, yeah. You go ahead. Go ahead. Kelly, where has been your favorite place to skydive? Um, I'll have to put them in two different categories, one for the view and one for the people. I would say Skydive Midwest will be the best people around. Um, I've been there year after year after year and they have amazing owners. They do amazing deals. Um, there's like first Friday or something like that. And every first Friday it's $15 and you can't beat that. Um, as well as they give a lot of discounts to their students that come out on weekdays and stuff like that. So they're an all around amazing drop zone. And if you're a skydiver listening, definitely hit them up, go there. Uh, they're worth the trip as well as they do host like sequentials and kind of like meets for competing as well. So they're really all around great drop zone. Um, but then for views, I think I would have to say, uh, skydive Jeffrey's Bay in South Africa. You're right by the water. You get the ocean. Um, I myself have never seen it, but I've been told you can see sharks off the coast sometimes um, during their normal kind of flights and stuff. So 
Yeah, they have amazing views and it's also owned by a friend of mine and he's super great and I would love to just give him all the business in the world. Um, we've had a couple of past skydivers on and trying to remember Priscilla Ant. Have you heard of her? She's from Texas. <clears throat> and what was Elizabeth's name on, on there? She was just recently on and she's in... I think South Carolina. So she's pretty, pretty cool too. So nice. I think um, you had Ellen Pulfern. Pulfern, yeah. I met her and she's an amazing chick. Well. Yeah. The other two I met. Yeah. I know somebody that's, is, I don't know if he's on here. Kelby likes Ellen too. <laughs> Yeah, Ellen's great. She's just such a hoot and just a nice overall girl. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's the best skydiving boogie that you've attended? Tony's asking. So I have been to not a lot of boogies. Um, I've been to Invasion, which is uh, Skydive Sebastian in Florida. They would have to be probably my number two for views. Um, you're right by the ocean as well. And then the inlet makes it look really cool. Um, they throw a pretty good New Year's Eve boogie. And the best one is going to be Summerfest, which I have yet to attend. And that's at um, SDC. I don't know. There's like two of them in Chicago. And they say they're just backwards. Anywho, that's a really good boogie, but I've never been, and I hope to go to Summerfest one day. Okay. Um, the gal's name is Ellen Doss, and she's in Sibley, Missouri. So by day, she is a beautician, and by time off, she's a skydiver. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. I find it good to have balance with having another hobby as well, um, just with anything. It's Nice to put your interest into other buckets. Yeah, so I had those three on all back to back. I had Ellen Pulford. Um, she was in Atlanta at the time. And then Priscilla. And I think she got married like the two days after our show. Really? And they got married with their packs on. And, yep. She's also a wingsuit. Did yep. she the wingsuit pilot? Base yeah. jumper, speed flying, paragliding, speed yeah. flying. Yep, she's crazy. So, yeah. Tim said he did maybe 50 flights. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. That's unbelievable, too. Yep, definitely. That kid, I don't think, sat down very much, other than when he was doing a check over on his engine and everything. Or sleep. Yeah, I don't even know if he did sleep in that tent. <laughs> no sleep, no eating. Right. Just yep. fly. He was no. fighting Will for the coffee, that's for sure. Yeah. Daniel Roush wants to know, is there a good drop zone in Mesquite, Nevada? Oh, he must. I think he's saying think there, there is a good one. Yeah, I think well, there is more a of a, a comment than a question, and he yes, is right. Is. However, Mesquite is in southern Nevada, which is approximately seven hours from my hometown. Mm -hmm. So it's not a drop down within my reach. You're more likely to go over to California. Um, oh, yes. And Hot Buttered Steve says, don't forget about Angie. How could I forget about her? And she's in Nebraska, I believe. Oh, that's, no, she's in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is she on here? Plantland states. No, she's not on tonight. I don't see her. Yeah, she's in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, um, Nick, Nick Griffith is asking if you've ever been in a wind tunnel. I have. Um, I actually worked at the tunnel in Chicago for a little while, um, but I more worked the front desk than got to fly, unfortunately. And then I also did a five-hour tunnel camp last January, um, and I split that time with my husband. So I got two and a half hours in I've got some like minimal time in between. So overall, I definitely don't have more than five hours. Does your husband jump? He does. He started, I, um, I took him on his first tandem when, when we first met and he's at somewhere around 50 or so. Um, he's been slow at it just with work, you know, like he comes yeah. back and he's not current anymore and all this stuff. So it's yeah. a little bit hectic and sometimes our time together doesn't permit for skydiving necessarily um i actually end up i think skydiving more often when he's away than when he's home yeah <laughs> um <coughs> wyman's asking have you done any base jumping i have um just very ever so slightly i would love to do more of it and i kind of in some extents wish I would have been able to get into it more before having a husband. Um, now that like these kind of like life things are setting in, I don't not trust myself or trust my path job or trust the gear and stuff. It's just, I do value my life to a certain extent. So the, the days that I want to do it will be off of the Perrine bridge and possibly some like features in like Greece or, um, South Africa has a lot of good ones that are like safer jumps. Um, but I definitely want to do a course before I go hug myself off of another thing. What did you jump off of? An antenna. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, bor I borrowed some gear. I had a person who was um, trusting in me as well as like, we knew what we we're doing together. Um, but definitely like within the United States and stuff, that's not legal. And yeah, I'm not telling anybody. Don't worry, I'm not telling the world or anything right now. No. <laughs> I didn't watch the video, I promise. <laughs> no, I won't tell anybody. Uh, but I, I wanna go to the bridge and spend like a week there and kind of make that a trip. Um, and now thinking about it, I actually do have a wedding to photograph in late July and I'm going to Idaho. So maybe I'll make a double trip. <laughs> nice. Uh, Tony's asking, have you had any malfunctions? It's a wonderful question, Tony. And I got a heck of a story for you. <laughs> so I was teaching Josh, my husband, how to pack parachutes. And he's doing pretty good. I was helping him every once in a while uh, when need be. Well, that day I was doing my night jumps for my D license. And... He packed my parachute. I went up in the plane. It's nighttime. Um, we're all wearing glow sticks and all this stuff. And just there's certain procedures that we have to do to jump at night. And so yeah, we're following out. them. And um, I go to pull my chute and my speed does not decrease. I don't know what's happening because it's nighttime. <laughs> and I can't tell if I have a bag lock, if my pilot chute didn't come out. I did 
extra touches, all these things. And eventually I cut away and pulled my reserve. Um, turns out I did have a pilot shoot in tow. My pin never popped and released the rest of my canopy. And within the skydiving community, er, community, there's a little bit of a discretion between what's the procedures to do in these cases. But because it was nighttime, there's nothing to say that I didn't have a bag lock, which is where your parachute's just stuck in a bag. Um, and so cutting away and going to my reserve was the smarter decision in my head, going 120 miles per hour at night, like freaking out. So that's what I did. <laughs> and I survived. And um, there's a great video where, cause they lined up all the trucks and all my friends are like shouting and they're like, oh my gosh, she's on a reserve. And you can hear Josh in the background. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Cause he thought he almost killed me at nighttime. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's my cutaway story. I haven't had any others. Um, I do pack for myself. And every, actually at 800, I wanted to treat myself to a pack job, but there was no one available to do it. So I will treat myself if I'm working or, you know, that kind of stuff. But I do try to maintain and take care of my gear as well as pack it myself, because that's what I did for the first five years within the sport was pack parachutes. So I'm pretty trustworthy in my own pack job. Cool. Well, Eric's asking, why do you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Eric, I hate to break it to you, but there's no such thing. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a flight and we're waiting 40 minutes for maintenance. What does that mean? <laughs> Perfectly good airplanes don't exist. Daniel Rausch is saying, hell yeah, come up to Twin Falls. It's great. 45 minutes from, from him. From the, Yeah. Um, oh, from there, yeah. Twin Falls is definitely through the route that I'll be taking, so I'll try to hook up with someone who is a base instructor and get after it. Been wanting to do it for a long time. So this summer would be the great summer to do it. Oh. So really the only emergency equipment you have to have is a hook knife. Is that right? In skydiving or base jumping? In sky, well, either one. <laughs> and a well, reserve. Base jumping, you're not gonna have a second canopy. Um, skydiving, you do have a second canopy, as well as I did recently, um, which is very delayed on my part, added a hook knife to my rig. Um, but I can't say I've ever been in a position that I would need it, nor can I see myself being in very many of those positions. Um, hook knives are going to come in uh, usefulness when you're flying relative to other canopies. And if you crash into each other and get all tangled up, you can kind of decide who needs to cut where yada yada um but hook knife you have your handles as well as an extra parachute um we do also have an aad which stands for automatic activation device um if for some reason i get knocked out or i'm not able to pull my parachute for whatever reason and if i'm going too fast at a low altitude it will automatically deploy the second canopy for me um, which is going to be a reserve. We also have an RSL. If for some reason I cut away my main parachute and could not pull my <clears throat> reserve parachute, that RSL is going to automatically pull your reserve for you. Still pull your reserve if you're able to, but if you don't have that main canopy, there's going to be another one above your head. 
So there's a lot of safety procedures as well as um, safety safety mechanisms that we have within our gear. Um, so relatively skydiving has become a really safe sport. So let's see, Travis says somebody put her in a paramotor much safer. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, Travis. Where are you at? I'll drive to you. <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> One thing though, um, Williamsport Windwalkers said in here, there's no better adrenaline rush out there. So I'll <laughs> straight to the ground. <laughs> I'm not sure I feel adrenaline very much anymore, but really, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Unless I'm doing something new or I'm within a group that's better than me, <clears throat> and even then, it's not even what I would consider adrenaline. It's more of nervousness or like, you don't want to ruin the skydive for the rest of everybody else. <laughs> Cause there's something planned and you might not be the strongest person within the group or something like that. Sure. Uh, but adrenaline, I would say I probably feel one in 10 skydives at this point. Okay. Deweese? Daniel says, as soon as you pull the reserve, it releases the main. So that's good. Is that it's true? You pull your cutaway handle. The RSL is going to release your reserve as your main because it's attached to your main. It's going to pull it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. Our friend Wendy, the explorer, she's from Pennsylvania. She says, "How do you learn to pack parachutes?" go to school for it or would someone train you one-on-one -on -one, um, or do you have to be a certified skydiver first or so that's a really good question you do not have to go to school you do not have to be a certified skydiver first um, you don't even ever have to skydive you get trained one-on-one -on -one, um, usually with someone that's kind of how I started because I started skydiving, but then before I even got my certifications, I was packing parachutes more than I was jumping. Um, and I just got trained by someone. It, it does take like four to five days to be adequate at it. <laughs> and adequate is like, I'm using that loosely because I'm usually a little bit of ahead of other people. So maybe even five to six days. Um, for those that struggle or aren't quite as good at folding material. And the way that I like to put it is if you can fold a fitted sheet perfectly, you'll be a good parachute packer. Hmm. Nice. Oh, Williamsport Windwalkers. What? It's your husband, Wendy. It's your husband, Wendy. <laughs> Justin's not Wendy. Is this Justin? <laughs> huh. James is asking, you do have to be, a, or telling, you do have to be certified FAA senior rigger to pack reserves. You don't have to be a senior rigger, um, but you do have to be certified to pack reserves. Um, okay. The senior rigger is actually going to be who does repairs on reserves and more of the sewing kind of aspects of it versus just a regular certified rigger would be able to pack a reserve for you. But no, I can't pack a reserve because I'm not certified. I could, but I 
is the same as packing a base rig, basically. So anyone who can pack a base rig knows most of the idea of how to pack a reserve. Um, however, you need to be certified legally. If someone died and you packed their reserve, like you would be accountable. Okay. Do you have a group that you um, jump with regularly? No. Oh dear God. No. <laughs> um, I definitely have people that if I went to almost any drop zone, like I know who I want to jump with or something like that. But it's actually funny. The other day I was set up to do this kind of epic jump, if you will, with this group. But then there was this guy doing a solo belly and I wanted to jump with him other than the group. Like I'm very keen on helping people and being like, no one wants to go skydive alone. Right. Like, I mean, they might to focus on certain skills and stuff, but if there's no one there to watch you or critique you or help you, how are you going to know that you did it right or you didn't do it um, quite to par? And so I really like to work with people that are of lower skill and just kind of help them give them suggestions. Sorry about that. Are you scared? And we're going through a lightning storm right now. So just in case um, you guys lose me, take over the show. Okay. <laughs> and my my husband said he can't even fold a shirt. He'll stick to para, paramotoring. <laughs> That's fair enough. You guys just shove it in a bag when you're done? Yeah. Like kind of like a hot air balloon? Yeah, okay. No, paramotor. Yeah. No, the, the wing. The shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the wing. <laughs> not the motor. <laughs> the wing? Yeah, the wing. Yeah, kind of. I figured out, Kristen, Kristen Tortellini, who you are now. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Wendy says, I love dealing with our wings, setting them up. Yes, you do. You're an odd one. Setting them up and flying. You, you took it down. Now I can't read it. <laughs> Setting them up in a bag. I know. I, yeah. was, I wasn't even there yet. <laughs> yeah. Wendy likes, she was willing to help out a lot with that. And that was very nice of her. I appreciate that. So any other questions? Um, you pack tandems, Tony's asking. I started with sport rigs, um, which most people will make you do, and then transition to tandems. Okay. Which, so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's a little different. For the most part, it's exactly the same except for the closing sequence. Okay. So you're not really, and it's much bigger. You're going from maybe 160 to 100s areas with sport rigs of square footage. Versus tandems are 330s or 360s. So you get about triple of what you're packing normally. All right. So what other sports do you do? Um, I snowboard. I, like I said, used to play volleyball and basketball. Um, I was going to join a softball league this summer, but the town shut down the league. So that's really upsetting and sad. I know. I was so excited. And the I guess there's not enough teams or something like that. I'm like, I don't care. I'll play the same team over and over every week. Like, come on. I want to play. 
Um, so yeah, I used to play softball and um, that's about it. But as for sports. Okay. Tony's asking, what gear do you jump with uh, container and canopy? I have a 120 storm right now and then it's packed into a javelin um i used to have other gear so i had to think about that i used to have two rigs and um i actually recently sold one because i'm not working adamantly in the sport and having a turn rig wasn't helpful to me where i was at anyways okay i got a question i saw i don't know whose video it was it was a uh, i think it was on our way down to bad apples i found something and it was a. Uh, I'm assuming a student and okay. an instructor. They okay. weren't tandem hooked together. Okay. So, so I guess it was a separate diver or skydiver, but the guy came up and he videos Excuse and he, he's not hooked through his leg straps or okay. his lower straps around his chest. They were just flopping around. So the guy came up and was like, pointing and trying to to get him wrapped up and he had what do they call the the watch or the the meter altimeter altimeter he had one of those on and he must have had it where it, is it at an automatic certain elevation it will release your your shoot that would be the aad the automatic activation device the altimeter is just going to tell you where you're at okay so as soon as that guy had that snapped and he backed up, the, the parachute guy never pulled pulled anything to release a chute, so that must have set it off on its own. That was pretty scary. I mean, if that would have went off, like, seconds before that. Yeah, but the contrary would be smacking the ground. So yeah, it's good that it did go off, um, especially if it is a student that's going to be um, – a lot higher than it needs to be because a sport rig maybe not that it needs to be but a sport rig is going to be a lower altitude that that goes off versus a student rig is going to be higher because they're students and they need more time to kind of go through all the processes um however this guy whether it came undone during the jump or whether it was never done in the first place one the instructor did not do their job and two the student did not do their job either so that's a lot of people failing i've seen people's chest straps not be connected during flight and been like hey what are you doing like you shouldn't even be allowed to jump at this point because if okay. your chest straps not on like what else did you miss that's where i stand as an instructor um if even sometimes people they won't have their helmets buckled during takeoff landing or taxiing and that is a rule because I can't say exactly when or whatever, but one guy didn't wear his helmet. It wasn't strapped to anything. And that helmet came off during a plane crash and killed a bunch of people. So there's reasons for all these rules that we have and we need to follow them. And I try to instill in my students checks of threes and checking them three times. So your chest strap, your leg strap and your other leg strap, those are your three straps check them three times once before boarding once at boarding like when the plane's coming and then again right before you jump out makes sense yep 
I mean, what would have happened? Would that guy have fallen out of his whole harness? If that that's, another, that's another thing that I do teach to my students. If for some reason you did realize your chest drop is out, bear hug. It's the okay. only thing you can do. You can, you can survive that. Leg straps, you're not going to survive because you're just going to fall straight through. Right. But chest drop, you can survive. Just give yourself a big old bear hug. Okay. Hold on for dear life, literally. Remember that, Deweese, when you jump. I'm not jumping. <laughs> no, on. no. Not even with me. I'll take you. No, no, no. <laughs> I like the plane. Angela, when you jump, remember that. <laughs> um, how many are Packers now? How much are Packers now per pack job? It kind of depends where you go. Some people are still at seven. Others have jumped up to 10. But me as a professional packer for the last five years, I always pay 10. I'm going to pay you. Like, it takes me seven to 10 minutes if I'm 10, if I'm being lazy. And a dollar per minute is a pretty good price. <laughs> seven to $10 just to pack that. I would have expected it to be a lot more. No, it, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the, the consensus because they are the basically the lowest paid. But within the whole industry, no one is paid that much. Like every once in a while, because we have like a job page on Facebook, and mm -hmm. everyone I'm, sometimes I'm looking, sometimes I don't. I'm just looking to look. And when there's a drop zone offering, you know, $15 a pack job for a tandem, that's a good price. But for fun jumpers, 10 to 7 kind of tends to be the norm. Um, but even when they post, like, the prices that tandem instructors get, like, I will literally go on there and applaud them. Like, yes, this is a good price. But for what we do, you know, we're saving people's lives. We really don't get paid as much as you would think. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wendy the Explorer says, what age were you for your first jump? Then how long before you did a solo jump? Um, I was 18, which is the United States earliest age that you can jump. Um, I was 18 by like seven months. So 18 and seven months year old, basically. And I did my first jump uh, solo after... It was July, the tandem, and then solo was August 24th or something like that. So very shortly after. So 18 for both. Yeah, I was 18 both ages, but just months apart. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, do you, what does your family besides your husband think of you jumping? Um, my mother's side was very like weary i guess at first and um i wouldn't say judgmental necessarily but kind of like you can't make money doing this like don't waste your youth like not focusing on a degree or that kind of thing um i think they had like this kind of straight edge like this is what you're going to do. This is what next in college and get a job and all these things. And I was like, I'm going to jump out of an airplane. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, but I definitely over time kind of proved that 
I can sustain myself within this industry as well as um, my grandma, which kind of was one of the harsher of the critics. I eventually took her and was like, quit judging me until you try it. Like that's my whole, like don't judge people for what they do, no matter what it is until you try it or kind of experience what that has to bring to you. And so my grandma went skydiving and she absolutely loved it and kind of like gave her a perspective of why I do this. Mm -hmm. So Bill H is asking, could you repack powered parish paragliding uh, reserves? No. Ah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> the worst. <laughs> Can we so find there you? Is... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Can we find you on social media? Yeah. Um, my social media, my personal account is going to be knock, like you're knocking on a door, underscore out to one, knock out to one. Um, and then my photography, you can find at kellyokey.photography. What was, where was the knockout one? On Instagram or? Those are both Instagram and then Facebook's just going to be my name. Okay. And there's an apostrophe between the O and the K. Do we have any videos or photos? Are you um, able to pull them up, Kelly? Be uh, I wonder if I can try. Um, let me see if I can pull them up. Because I, I can't get them on my pictures on this computer that I'm on. I know I sent you. Yeah. Paul Morzano says, you jump, pull out, or throw out? Pull out game strong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that the more technical term would be to throw because you want it to not go into your burble. We have this little pocket of air that sits behind our backs. And so when we're pulling our parachute, we wave, arch, reach, and throw it out um, versus kind of more of just like pull out, doesn't really get it out of that little back area. So definitely throw. And then Angela Preslick. She's from Las Vegas, wants to know what's your drop zone? I do not have a drop zone. Um, we did kind of cap on where my favorite drop zones for jumping were, and that's Skydive Midwest. Um, but I'm just literally all over the place. Um, Florida, I like to jump at Z Hills as well as um, Spaceland Clewiston and Sebastian, but that's kind of like far away from where we live um, down there. And then California, Byron, Lodi, if you're crazy enough, um, Space Earth, Skydance, <clears throat> and then Skydive Midwest and kind of like Spaceland, Atlanta, as well as Skydive the Farm. Good drop zone. All right. Can you see? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> what? Clearly, we can't do it. <laughs> We were trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> where is where are these pictures taken? Um, that's gonna be, uh, no no no, that's gonna be Australia. Oh wow. That's gonna be South Africa. 
Um, that's Scott and Midwest. That was my first naked jump for my 100th. That's kind of like a, a thing to do. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I stole a camera guy's helmet and his butt's right there in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Scott and Midwest. Um, that's also Scott and Midwest. They're awesome logos right to the top left of my helmet. Um, I think Eric Peterson took this photo. He's a really nice, cool guy. Also, Skydive Midwest, um, I did some, like, photos for that t-shirt company. Hmm. Oh, dang it. And that's Facebook. Excuse oh, me. come on, we'll get it back here. That's going to be South Lake Tahoe, doing some rock climbing and taking photos. I got to go back a couple. Got a little warm that day. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> toasty. <laughs> oh, darn it. If I don't have the little arrow in the corner. <laughs> there we are. This was a, I used a tripod and set up all this stuff. This was during COVID. Uh, my kind of COVID time, I spent some time reviewing all these things that are presented in Parachutist, and this actually was uh, printed in the Parachutist magazine that next month. Oh. Now we're going forward again. It's all good. More climbing. It's in South Lake Tahoe. It's called 90 Foot Wall. Um, this is going to be Scott of Amelia Island. That's the place that I went to. Um, which also has really good views, like going back to that question. Um, they're right by the beach as well. It's kind of hard to beat beach views. I bet. Um, that's oh, me okay. shooting some tandem video. I got to kind of start doing that there. That's the view, as you can, we just talked about. Oh, dang it. Okay, you get. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try one more time, and then sure. if it happens again, it's like that little arrow goes away, and then I, that's cool. Click them at the bottom. Oh. Click the little picture at the bottom. Yeah, there yeah. You that's also Skydive Amelia Island and their views. There's free falling right there. Yeah, what's up with this one? So those are um, my packer hands and feet. Um, those work is definitely not for the light of heart and packing 15 to 20 parachutes a day kind of gets you dirty and grimy and hard work so that was kind of yeah. that picture i'd taken about a year off of packing parachutes and went back into it and that was like my hard first hard day within it <laughs> another one from amelia island jumping out of their 182 going on a tracking jump. That's uh, one of the beach jumps that we did there. My profile picture, if you're looking for yep. me on the socials. It's a pretty one. Oh, it's a good one. Um, I changed it a while back and I was like, you know what? This is perfect. I'm never going to change this. <laughs> this sums it up. Uh, another jump at Amelia Island. Is that I you or that. are you taking the yeah. picture? That's me. Oh. I think I might have to change my answer. I guess Amelia Island has the best views. <laughs> mm. um, that's uh, 
my first day on those rig. Um, that's us got a space in Clewiston, <clears throat> um, shooting video for tandems and working. Mm. That was, um, you can see the sack that's kind of where my hands are in front of my lap. Yep. Uh, I did my first solo skydive um, on tandem gear. You can kind of see some of those features of it if you're familiar with skydiving, but um, you put this weight on just so that I don't stay literally forever in the sky because I'm so light in comparison <laughs> to mm other people as well as the amount of square footage of canopy that I have over my head. Okay. That's me working with a student, Spaceland Clewiston. She was a good student. She was pretty easy to work with. Pretty picture. Another tandem jump. Um, I think that was about the time that I got my rating. That might be why that big smile is there. Might have been my last like practice one. This guy with the black, um, he got his A license and we're all celebrating him and we like to take like group photos. Hmm. Oh, my lovely, lovely student. She was so fun and just sweet. So one of my favorites. That's me snowboarding. Where's it? Um, that's going to be in South Lake Tahoe on Mount Heavenly. Beautiful. Zion National Park. Um, you have to literally, it's called Angel's Landing and you're literally climbing up on uh, on the side of this cliff and you're holding on to chains and all this crazy stuff. So that's my, I finally got to the top face, wow. especially considering the people that I, were, I was with are not as unfaint of heart as I am. So I was enjoying mm. it and never frightened. <laughs> That was actually a few weeks ago. We got an really? old, yeah, we got a really late snow storm. Um, so me and a buddy hiked up the mountain because um, the ski resort's already closed. And so we hiked up and snowboarded down. So were they like at 10 inches out there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah basically. It was like four weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. And this is the original one I think I showed, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, this is me and my friend who can't take a dock, apparently. <laughs> All right, now we have to find you guys again. Yeah, very nice. So, so what's the temperature where you're at now? Um, you say it was? 71. Oh, 71? My guess was 75. Right, it's, it's like overcast and a little bit of sun is peeping through, so that keeps it warm. Okay. So Travis Dupont wants to know how many parachutes that you, when you're packing, how many do you reject? Um. So, because he said like find a major problem, right? I'll actually, I'll actually kind of share an embarrassing anecdote about this. Um, when I first started packing parachutes, there's actually <clears throat> cut like, so we have our cells. And in between those cells, it's cut in the center to allow airflow throughout the cells. Well, I like, it's not a fine cut. It's not sewed or anything. It's just a little hole. Um, and by little, I mean like a hole. And I found that in a parachute and I was like, oh my gosh, it's broken. Like, don't let anybody jump this. 
And then I figured that out um, the embarrassing way and got made fun of for quite a few weeks by the people that were teaching me how to pack parachutes. Um, but other than that, I think for the most part, I've found like small little holes that need to be repaired before they become bigger problems. Um, more than holes and kind of like major problems, you find minor problems um, more often than not because when you find a major problem, that's because someone neglected this smaller problem for too long. So it's really important to check your gear and figure um, out who needs to fix it if it needs repairing rather sooner than later. All right. And Paul, the brother of Tony, that's been asking questions. Um, Paul's asking, what's your wing load? Um, my wing loading is, I'm doing the math right now. <laughs> um 0.88 so wing loading is basically gonna be your canopy size which mine's 120 um then divided by your weight and i'm approximately not gonna tell you men <laughs> but anyways if you do the math backwards you'll figure it out my weight but 0.88 um for students we want to keep you at like one to one or uh, 1.1 1.25 like kind of in that more you have one pound of square foot or one pound per square foot of canopy that you have. Okay. How often oh, go ahead. do you go to Paris Valley? California? Um, not that often. <laughs> I was actually thinking about making a trip out there in June. Um, I have a buddy who's throwing drugs out there and we're gonna take the camper down and chill out for a few days or a weekend. So paramotor wings cost about $3,500 to $4,000. Okay. What, what do the wings for skydiving cost? Um, so your full setup, depending on if you get it used, new, um, slightly used, it can run you as little as 2000 and as much as seven, eight, nine. Just depends on how articulated you get it as well as how used you get it. I've set up my last rig. Um, I pieced it all together. That's what I find is kind of the most cost effective if you just find cheaper pieces. Um, for, I think it was $2,400 is what my end cost was. But that also took a little bit of pieces from an old gear. So basically your most expensive things are gonna be your main parachute, your AAD, um, as well as the container itself and then another reserve. And if you're looking at good pieces, consider a thousand each. So at the kind of bare minimum, 4,000 is kind of what you should spend. And Angela, no, um, she's been to Wisconsin. You're originally from Nevada. Correct. Um, I spent some time in Wisconsin at Skydive Midwest, which is out of Kenosha Racine area, just above Chicago, basically. I think um, both Tony and Angela were from Waukesha area, I think. Okay. So, yeah. and now they live out in the Vegas area. That's where, where the air show is, right? Where the what? I think there's an air show out there. Anyways. I don't know. Oh, and she wants to know if you live the van life. You're in the camper, right? Camper life. You're really close. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, I think I have too many toys to do van life. Like, 
we have a hard time fitting it into a 24 foot trailer um camper trailer and you know between bikes between skydiving gear between surfboard between um all my camera gear like just the bare minimum i don't know if i could do van life like i would have to have a whole shell on top or something <laughs> not to mention my clothes don't mention the clothes all right. all right well if there aren't any other questions are you willing to stick around if people want to meet you in the after show for a little bit yeah i think i could do a few minutes um okay. it's seven now and i only have an hour or no left I'm to drive i have less than an hour okay so that no. should be good i got 20 minutes to the airport and he doesn't get here till 8.50, so we got okay. a whole hour and 30 minutes. All right. Um, next week, I think we are going to be having a gal that's trying to do her general aviation uh, licensing, but she's having some difficulty, and she was going to be moving out to Idaho. Um, so if she's still willing to be on the show, um, that'll be a, a good, interesting one. Otherwise, we might just do another girls' night. And Kelly, you're welcome to come on too if you want. Yeah, if that um, doesn't go down, I'd love to hop on some more. Yeah, um, but anyway, thank you everyone for joining. And maybe at that time, we can also talk about the girls' thoughts of how Bad Apple went um, with our fly-in that we just had down in Georgia. Um, otherwise, thank you, everybody. Give us a thumbs up and please make sure to tell your friends and family to subscribe and hit that bell. And if you want to join, Eric's putting in the code in the chat and we'll see you around. Fly safe, everybody. Thanks again for having me.